it was, uh, it was impressive. It was impressive. Well, we're in our series, and I get the honor to end our series, Live to Give. And if you want to put up our first slide. Today, I want to talk to you about living to give a full life, a meaningful life. And we're going to begin with just reading some scriptures and uh, starting our conversation. Let's go to Ephesians, if you're taking notes, chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. And it's in the ESV. I like how it says it. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And then we're actually going to switch translations to um, the NLT for verse 17 in Ephesians. It says this, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. As we enter into our new year, right, just a few days away from 2019, I want us to take some time to examine our lives and examine it according to God's word, according to God's plan, and really kind of ask that, Lord, what do you want me to do? Look at our lives and, and, you know, often like anyone else, my life, it's a mixed bag. I see areas where I say, I'm really proud of how that's going, but other places where I go, this doesn't quite match up. This doesn't line up to the template of God's plan for us. And so we're going to take some time and do some inventory with the belief that we're going to come out better than we started even uh, a few minutes ago um, as we enter into 2019. Uh, I want you to do a little bit of imagination with me. Imagine one day that you receive an unexpected inheritance. I have to admit, and it was bad for me. I'd, I've never done the lottery, but when I saw that 900 and some million dollar, th- uh, what was that, the jackpot or the Powerball? You sinners, you know what I'm talking about. What was it? Whatever it was, no one's got the mega millions. Your mind starts going, right? What would I do with that much money? Okay, so imagine that you're about to receive this inheritance. Maybe it's from an aunt or an uncle that you know, uh, or at least you thought had lots of money. And so they come and they bring it out in a beautiful and ornate treasure chest. You're getting your inner pirate on. But when you open up the chest, it's empty. You just have that pit in your stomach disappointment, right? That, that, would, that would stink. Who, who wants to receive an empty inheritance? Nobody does, right? No one wants to get an empty inheritance. But what we really fear giving, what we really fear is giving one. No one wants to receive an empty inheritance, but I think what we really fear is that when our life is done, maybe we'll give an empty inheritance. No one wants to give an empty inheritance. No one hopes and dreams that on the day they die, people will say at best, they lived an unremarkable and unimpacting life. And at worst, that they lived a wicked and destructive one. That's not what we want, right? If you want that, come talk to me after. We'll pray for you. Instead, I think what we hope, and in our own different way, and it's going to look different for us, what we hope is that people will say we led a life full of remarkable and impacting moments. That we made a mark, that we made a difference. That's what we're going to talk today about, is living to give, leaving behind a full life, a meaningful life. And as we begin this next year, in some sense, there's, it's just another day. It's just going to be, what, when is New Year's? Um, Monday, so two, Tuesday is the first day, right? Just another Tuesday. But there is something I believe really special about, about New Year's Eve and this change of the year. It's an opportunity to say, hey, last year was one way. How am I going to begin for this next year? What am I going to do? So how do we leave a treasure chest full of life when we're gone? How do we do it, right? We live a full life every day we are here. 
We leave a treasure chest of life behind when we're gone by living a full life every day that we are here. I'm going to just share with you something right here. And if you just take this one note down, you can you have permission to fall asleep the rest of the uh, message. But I prefer you don't because there's some more good stuff. But this is gold right here, okay? The secret to future success is present action. The secret to future success is present action. The same is true of future failure. I think sometimes we don't kind of get this very natural and, and simple thing that today is what will determine tomorrow. And sometimes we're really surprised with the results of our life, but they're determined by our, our daily todays. If you'd like to arrive at a future where you're healthy and fit, then today, right, you got to maybe throw away some of that sugar and that candy, talking to myself here, and start making better eating choices and being more active. If you'd like to have plenty of money for retirement later, just talking to a FM member and we were strategizing and looking at all that, then you need to start saving money now because the secret to future success is present action. If you'd like to walk your daughter down the aisle to marry a good godly man someday, then you need to cherish her and train her now. This is one of the saddest things. I remember a moment in my life where I had a, a, a friend, and on, on her wedding day, uh, her father, who had not been in her life, got to stand there and watch another man who had been in her life uh, do the father-daughter dance. And you saw regret and sorrow in his eyes, but he had neglected the daily faithfulness to build relationship and love his daughter. So on that glorious day, he missed out on it. But you know what? I hope, and we know of many people in here, Ronnie, right, with your, your girls and the family. I'm just picking on Ronnie. He's my friend. Any person in here, right? Skylar, Josh, Riley, one day with Wesley is, is a boy, but Gracie with Josh Irby, right? I'm, my belief is that you're going to be faithful day after day. You're, never, you're not going to resent that. You're not going to look at it as little. So that on that, the big days, it's like sports. Okay, let's bring in, uh, some of you guys really are asleep, football. Where? What? Okay, it's the daily faithfulness to do the basics, the boring but beautiful basics so that on the big day, on the big game, you get to finally reap what you had done daily on, on those silent, quiet, seemingly unimportant moments, right? The secret to future success is present action. A great question to ask often is this, right? It's kind of cocky, isn't it? Here's a great question. I think it's great. Here it is. Where... Will my daily steps, steps or actions lead given enough time? This is a question that I think is going to really, um, can protect you, can help you, can encourage you. Ask yourself, where will my daily steps or actions lead given enough time? If the results of that question make you excited and proud, then great. I hope, and I, you guys are an awesome group of people, so I'm sure there are those places in your life where you say, if I keep doing this, it's going to lead to good things. If I keep saving that way, I'm going to have a great retirement. If I keep exercising this way, I'm going to look ripped, right? I'm going to be able to flex. But um, I think it's to brag, right? You know, it's about a year old youth terminology, but I still like it, flexing, right? Okay, but if they make you worried, Perhaps it's time for a change. If you look at the trajectory, it's one of my favorite words. Think of an arrow point going up or an arrow going down. The direction of a plane, the momentum. If the trajectory of your life, if you keep going that way, is going to lead to results that you don't want, then maybe it's time for a change.
If they lead you to a place of excitement, maybe it's time to throw more coal into that train, to rev up the engine and charge even double down on that direction. This next year, I want us to make sure we are living a full life so we can give a full life. I want to stick on this first uh, point right here, though, um, about asking this question, where is it going to lead? Because this is one of those places where I think we can fall into um, self-deception really easy, right? There's, uh, and I think what we tend to believe is that any moment I can stop the momentum of my life, right? So momentum, think of momentum. So, you know, chugga, 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 choo-choo. We used to have a, a train person there. You can't stop a train on a dime, right? There's some time in between, you know, you're running really fast and you got it takes a bit to slow down, right? Do you remember when you were 20 and you ran? All those years ago? Go back in your mind, remember it. There's, there's some time to slow down the momentum, right? Only, only uh, million dollar uh, wide receivers can stop immediately. Everybody else, it takes a little bit of time, right? Just parachute, yeah. To slow that thing down. And if, if you, I was just thinking of a big person, right? If you're big, it takes even longer to stop, right? So you're getting back to the gym. Not, don't look anyone in the eye. Just, I'm just saying. Okay. Got to be careful there. A big person can hurt you. We believe, like the, like the addict, and I'm going to say this. I think many of us are legitimately addicts, way more than we'd ever admit it. Right? We tend to say, oh, uh, well, people that are addicted to alcohol, they're clearly an addict. People that are addicted to, you know, pornography, they're an addict. But many of us are addicted to a lot more things than we want to admit. We'll just leave that there for a second, okay? But like the addict, we tend to believe I can stop anytime I, right? I can stop anytime I want. I just don't want to. I can handle this. Guys, I'm talking to you right now. It's probably one of the, hold my beer and watch this and I can handle this, have probably ruined more guys' lives than any other two statements in the world. And I'm serious. I can handle this. It's just, I can handle this. I can limit this game I'm playing with, that, with the secretary at work, the flirtation, the letters. I can handle this. I can stop anytime I want. I can handle this. I can handle that alcohol. I can handle that, that vice I can stop anytime I want. But what I have seen as a person who's got to grow up in the church and my parents whose job it is to pick people up off the ground of brokenness is that again and again and again, and it's not based upon intellect, it's not based upon gender, it's not based upon uh, anything like that financial stuff, education. People cannot stop as fast as they think they can. People cannot arrest the momentum as fast as they can. I guess I tend to go on the negative and I probably should be positive. So as a starting out as that warning, if you're in a place where your momentum is, is going somewhere that, that if, just humor me for a second, you couldn't stop as fast as you could would destroy you, then, then while you still have time, start putting on the brakes. Cry out, get a friend. Get someone that you can be accountable with. Get someone to say, I am so much further in than I, than I ever realized. I need help. I want to stop and I don't know how. I want to stop and I've tried on my own and I can't. I need help. I need to stop this momentum, right? So ask that consistently. If, if this were to go on longer than I thought, where would this lead? And if you don't like it, it's a moment to come and say, Jesus, I'm going to turn directions, right? 
And the beautiful thing is on the positive side, stick on there for just a moment, the same thing really does work. There's, this, there's that saying, right, the rich get richer. And that really is true in so many ways. If you walk in character, it's actually hard to stop. Like, I smile at everyone to the point where my cheeks hurt. I'm a victim, people. But years and years of probably being a pastor's kid or whatever, you know, you just, uh, you're smiling at everybody. Even people that, that may be like, like, I actually did a whole comedy routine about this once. Even people that threaten me. I have this whole male show, like chauvinist thing or whatever. That I got to look them in the eyes, but I'm smiling while doing it. Because I'm like, I won't avert the eye contact. That is like the most epitome of not being a man. But I'm going to be really polite while doing it. I had to kick a guy off the church. Uh, it was like 1 a.m. We have security cameras. And so I go over the intercom. Excuse me? And literally, uh, like you're, you're trespassing. I'm going to call the cops. But I was really polite about it. So it's just balance here. But habits, this, that's the other term for it is habits. Momentum, habits. Habits are hard to break when they're negative. But the beautiful thing is, and you maybe have never seen this, is you can get addicted to righteousness. You can get in the momentum of loving your wife where it's like, man, we've had some smoking hot dates two months in a row. This is awesome. We're having momentum, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> There's inside family. Never mind. There's whole jokes there. I won't go there. That's a whole, whole other thing. Um, but you can get in a place where you're on a roll in the positive too. So ask yourself that question consistently. Is where my daily steps or actions going? Given enough time, where's it going to lead, right? Here's the next thing, okay? Football. You ever awake? Okay. Here's the next point I think, I think was worth someone buying me Red Robin today, okay? It's probably going to get striked down for that because God, God is the one who speaks to us, okay? People say our most precious commodity is, and is it up there? Oh, it's all right. Pull that off. Don't. You're messing it up. It's my fault. Take it off. Take it off. Well, I'm, you, I'm just, I, I can't not have you guess. So guess. What do people say our most precious commodity is? Time, right? Okay, you can put it back up. Okay. People say our most precious commodity is time. And I think that that is um, probably true. Time is so valuable. Our, our whole conversation today is kind of built on the idea that we are marching all of us towards our end. We're not guaranteed a certain amount of time. We don't, we don't know exactly how much it is. Time is incredibly valuable. But, and here's where I thought it was worth the Red Robin Burger. I believe character is our most powerful. Time may be our most precious commodity. Think gold, jewels. It's, it's, it's limited. It's finite. We can't really get more of it. But I believe character is our most powerful commodity. And let me prove it to you. Some people will live 90 years without character and leave nothing at best or wreckage at worst behind. Other people will only live a few short years with character and they'll change the world. Some people will live years and years and years of time and time and oodles and oodles of time. It won't mean anything. It will not be a full life. It'll be a big chest capable, you should have been able to fill something in it, but there'll be nothing truly in there but character. Character. And what is character? Character is who you are when you're put at your worst. Character is who you, is what bleeds from you in that place. When you're backed up into a corner, right, who you are at that moment, that's character. Character is powerful. 
I would say if you're going to develop anything, right, more than all oh, this life scale, that life scale, be smart, just be righteous. The number one thing that I want in, in, in a husband for my future daughters, we don't have any daughters yet, but planning, right? Okay. The number one thing I want for um, wives for my future sons is character. Because, see, you can learn new skills, but if at the end of the day you're not trustworthy, you're not good, you're not submitted to the will and plan of Jesus Christ, then what's left? We have to get to a place in our life where we say, regardless of convenience, I'm just going to do what's right. You'd be surprised, maybe not, maybe you hear it too, and sometimes I am the person, I'm guilty of this. People will talk, and you can see that they're weighing out how inconvenient doing the right thing would be. And if it's not too inconvenient, they'll do it, but if it is, they won't. We have to get to a place where we just say, you know, whatever the financial cost, whatever the relational cost, whatever the the cost of my career, I'm just going to do the right thing. And you know what's beautiful about it is there becomes this solidity there comes this oneness, and I don't mean this in any weird sense, but with yourself, because you're not trying to be 17 different people. You just say, hi, my name is Gino. I love Jesus, and to the best of my ability, I'm going to serve him. What does that look like? I'm going to do that. It makes people being able to predict you and trust you, be able to predict what you're going to do very easy. What, is, what, did, what would Jesus do? Okay, well, that's what Gino's going to try to do. He's stupid sometimes, so he won't. And he doesn't always understand what Jesus actually meant. But to the degree that he understands, he's going to go after that. That should be, that's my ambition. I'm not always living that up. But that's my heart. That's my ambition. And I believe it should be yours too. Character is the most powerful commodity. So I want to go into some practicals. Here are four ways to live a full and meaningful life. Who wants to live a full and meaningful life? I thought so. This is awesome. Okay, let's get back into some scripture. And uh, the first way if we're going to live this full and meaningful life is that we need to be fully engaged in the present. Uh, probably a year ago, I was driving into our um, apartment complex where we live, and I felt God speak to me. And we, I don't feel like I get like words every single day from God, but I just felt Him say. I, I asked Him pretty much. I don't even remember the exact question, but basically, like, what what is like the number one thing I could do? How do I like? What should I do? And He, I don't remember His exact phrasing, but it was basically, be present be here. And that may not be for every single person the number one thing you could do. But I felt for me, it was like, stop living so much in the past, so much in the future. At some point, just be present, be engaged. I want to read to you Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. It just got really quiet. It's probably a good thing. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, it says this, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. My wife quoted that to me this morning when I was worried about tomorrow. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And that's what I love. Um, uh, we're all bozos in the boat. So just know everything I'm about to preach you, I'll probably break t- today or tomorrow and repent and then get back on the train and, and go after it, right? It's, we're, it's, it's hard to be engaged in the present Okay, so there's no, not throwing shade, not bringing shame, but it's powerful when we are. It's trust Jesus when he says it. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So many of us are preoccupied with everything and everyone, but it's right in front of our eyes. 
my dad will like this. I didn't, uh, there's that song, right? Cats in the cradle and a silver spoon. Little boy, you and the man on the moon. However it goes. That's a weird song. But the basic idea of the whole song is it's someone singing. And basically, a, a dad never had time for his son. And then one day, when the dad's old and he wants to spend time with his son now, the son doesn't have any time for the dad. I don't want you to miss out on the life that you have now. I don't want you to miss out on the gifts that God has given you now. But you probably will if you don't slow down enough and bring your attention back to enough to what's right in front of you. I think it's so rare that we actually look at one another. That we actually ask a question, hey, how are you doing? Well, I would tell you if you hadn't walked off. Sadly, that's an English phrase we use to mean hello. But sometimes, and that's fine, but sometimes we should actually mean, how are you doing? And then wait long enough so they can tell us. And if you know the person, sometimes you got to prod. Most people I found from counseling, I literally don't, the first and second, maybe even third answer someone gives, I just basically totally disregard. It's almost never the problem. What's wrong? Well, it's this. No, it's not. Oh, it's this. No, it's not. What's this? And then finally someone's ready and like, okay, you really want to know? Here's what's wrong. And I, I'm probably going to help a lot of marriages if you'll take that right now. Right? Your spouse, guy and girl, what's wrong? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? Right? Either male, female. No, it's not. Slow down. Be in the moment. Have that conversation. You can get down to it. I believe we're going to face more judgment or reward, both, for what we do with what was right in front of our eyes than a far-off problem we knew little about and had little we could do about. I want to read to you Luke chapter 16, verse 10. It says this, If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. This is something that I can see happening so often. And I think it's a challenge, a legitimate kind of technological challenge. We are so aware of what's going on all around the world, right? Through social media, through news, through newspaper, which not very many people read that anymore, our apps, right? We are so aware of going on around the world that it can distract us and we can spend all of our time worrying about everyone else's kids and not pastoring our own. We can spend so much time worrying about everybody's politics that we forget to actually turn in our ballot. We can worry about so, so much about everybody else's righteousness that we forget to examine our own. We can worry about so much about everybody else's uh, theology I watch a billion YouTube videos about that, that we stop reflecting and building out our own, and we stop actually reading the Bible. Be engaged in the present. There's a, a saying, can I get a little water if we have some? There's a saying that I, I love. Oh, I already got it. Man, they're prepared. Good job. This was left over from Lepers Anonymous. I hope I'm okay. My wife's telling me to go like this. I'm just having fun though, so I don't know. Oh, I won't go there. Okay. I, uh, I am a germaphobe, like legitimately totally a germaphobe. And so I was picking up garbage outside of our apartment yesterday. And there was like this thing, it was looked like a mint. And it, but it said cardiology on it. And I was so, I picked it up and I was like, what? Oh, radiation, radiation. And I was asking, like, Ali, is cancer contagious? Like, what did I just pick up? And I don't know, this is like a cancer mint. Like, what the heck was this? And I, I, I like, ritually washed my hands and OCD'd for a little bit, but I'm good now. Um, 
But uh, yeah, that's just a whole other funny thing right there. Here's a great saying. Bring it in, bring it in. Okay, that's, uh, that's totally an intern thing. I always tell the interns, bring it in, bring it in. Okay, think globally, but act locally. I didn't make that up. It's a saying I, I, I learned. We need to think globally, look at the needs in the world, look at our nation, think big, solve big problems, but act locally. Don't be a person who, who thinks big, talks big, but acts not at all, right? We need to be fully engaged. This is another saying that I love. It's from Pastor Craig Rochelle of uh, Life Church. He said, do for the few what you would do for the many. Do for the few what you would do for the many. Sometimes we won't even do anything because we're so overwhelmed by how much need there is out there. We need to be present and engaged and just do for the few what we would do for the many. And God will then can expand on that, right? And, and cause your reach to, to get further. But just start with that, amen? The next area is that we need to be fully surrendered to God. I'm going to read to you Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. You guys having a good time so far? Need any more jokes? Later. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, this is Jesus, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. If we're going to live a full life, we're going to have to be fully surrendered to God. It's hard to be fully engaged with one girl if your heart is still tied up with another. The same is true of our love and service for God. God is calling us to total surrender. This is something that has been kind of a recent revelation, something that God's been working with me on, is just trusting him. Just trusting him. Uh, just realizing, you know, and this is, for me, there's different areas where I'll have these thoughts and I'll, it seems so logical. And yeah, I know God is saying to do the exact opposite. And I'm like, it does not make sense. And I'm in that moment of, of deception, in that moment of confusion when the world is just drawing you a certain direction. I've learned, I'm learning even in the last few months to just go, I'm just going to trust Jesus. As simple as that is, this is what Jesus said. Do I know that? Can I, in my little brain, can I, can I acknowledge that? Yes. Do I understand it? No. But I'm just going to trust him. In that moment, and then later, because I'll, I'll tell you what, have you ever, who's ever done anything stupid that you knew you shouldn't do? Yeah, okay. But at the moment, it seems like a great idea. At the moment, calling that person, you know, at 2 a.m. to just rant on them just seems like the best idea. This is going to totally lead to relational reconciliation right now. 2 a.m., you know, rant. No, it's not. But in that moment of cloudiness, it seems like it. That's where surrender comes in. Getting in the habit, the momentum of surrender, being fully surrendered. Where you just go, I don't understand yet, but I trust Jesus. I, I know, A, he's qualified. He's not a dummy. He's literally God. Okay? And God is God. So when he spoke through the prophets, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When God speaks to me, he's qualified. But also, he loves me. He has my best interests at heart. That's one of the most silly things about the way I fight with God, the way you fight with God, is that we're fighting the person that knows best and loves us most. I don't want to listen to you because you don't love you. Uh, oh, no, you do that. No best. Oh, you know, you know that too. It's silly, but we do it, right? So let's choose, right? Let's choose. It's going to be a daily decision. This is the kind of stuff that would, we, would be worth putting up literally on your wall and just saying today, every day I decide to follow Christ. I decide to be fully surrendered. It's a decision. 
And it's an active surrender where we fully engage and participate with this plan. That's the last thing I'll say and we'll keep moving on. Is that sometimes when we think of, Jesus, take the wheel, take it from my, it's just like an absolute like flop-a-doodle, right? You're not gonna do anything. Uh, we just watched Mary Poppins, so I'm trying to do the most nonsensical words I possibly can. Flop-a-doodle. I thought that was funny. Okay. Sometimes when we look at surrender, it, that is like code for I'm going to do nothing and I'm basically going to be a monk. Okay. No, it's active surrender. What, once again, football. Everyone awake? Football analogy. Okay. It's like s- surrendering to the plan of the coach. You say, I don't understand your game plan. I don't understand the way you're, you're playing football or basketball, but I'm going to surrender to it. And when that means that I'm going to actively, with every inch of my energy and ability, play your type of game. Full surrender to God, it's like full sort of obedience or submission to a leader or to your boss. Isn't it, okay, I surrender, boss, and I'm going to sit here now. It's I surrender to your plan, and I'm going to use all of my efforts to make that happen. It's an active surrender. The next area, so the first one, just, just to kind of recap, was fully engaged in the present. The next was fully surrendered to God. The third is that we need to live a life daily full of love. L-O-V-E. L is for the way you look at me. Yeah. Oh. So haven't you seen Parent Trap any time recently? I see. V is very, very. I'm so far behind time. My wife is scary. E. Dun, 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 dun. No, she's not. She's beautiful. I love her. And she's taking me to a Robin today. Later, you're safe until you hand off the mic. And then it's all off. Okay. Full of love. We need to have a life full of love, right? Let's read it. John chapter 15, verse 12 and 13 says this. This is Jesus. Okay, actually, I am so sorry. I hope everything that I said was Jesus was Jesus. I realized I made all of my verses read. <laughs> I think they were. They were all, they're all the Bible. And they weren't the Book of Mormon, so we're good. Okay. Just a joke there. Just a joke. Okay. Uh, but I just realized there, I highlighted them all in red. So the first Peter was also apparently Jesus, and so was Ecclesiastes. They're not all Jesus. Okay. This is John. I think this one actually is Jesus. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says this, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. I want to focus just real briefly on that verse. It talks about how love is no greater than this than to lay down one's life for a friend. I believe Jesus clearly showed that. He did that legitimately. He died and rose again for us, right? That, that is a great act of love. But I do think, at least personally, that sometimes living for a cause is harder than dying for one. See, if someone came in here with a, with a gun, God forbid, and they said, okay, who's a Christian and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you, right? I think many of us would say, I'm willing to, at this moment, die for what I believe in. And it's, it's an instantaneous, quick, five-minute decision. But what I think is hard is to make a lifetime, day after day, 365 days a year, decision to follow after Jesus. To make a decision to, to not only follow after Jesus, but to love one another, right? So one thing to take a bullet for Pete today, he, he looks so good. He probably smells so good. I haven't been close enough yet. Probably some cologne. But 
Pete can be an ornery guy, right? And so being patient with Pete every day, that's a greater act of love. Allie living with me every day is a greater act of love. We have to choose to daily put on love. That's one of the greatest ways that we can honor God is, is by loving him and loving one another. Some of you have been loved and burned and you just feel like I'm done with L-O-V-E. I'm not singing that Parent Trap song for nothing. And I'm joking, but your pain is real. But what I would just say, and we're running a bit on, short on time, so I'll be quick on it, is please don't give up. Please don't forget that it really matters. Love, Christ-like love is never, ever, 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 ever wasted. Love is never wasted. I was recently watching, uh, just a couple days ago, some old videos with my wife, Allie, when she was like eight years old, 10 years old. And she was in basically like the Christian Girl Scouts and she was getting crowned over at Bethel Church. And I see all these church ladies and people who were loving on my wife. And we see Pastor Tim Olson from Bethel pray for my wife. And they were just new to his church at that time. And you realize he probably had no idea really like who these people were, right? Or where, how it all, he knew who they were, but how it would all turn out. But I'm thankful that he loved indiscriminately that he sowed in seeds that I could then reap years later, that I could be the beneficiary of. You don't know where the seeds of love that you sow are going are gonna to spring up. You don't know whose life is going to be changed. You don't know who's listening and who needed at that moment you to show them that love, but it matters. It is never wasted. It is never wasted. Continue in that thing. Keep loving. Amen? The next one is living a life full of relationship. First Peter Chapter uh, 4, verse 9 says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Let people into your house. Don't, don't complain about it. Don't be having a bad attitude. Be hospitable, right? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Relationship is a huge part of living a full and meaningful life. Here's something interesting. I, I, I literally believe that relationship uh, with God and others is a key reason why we actually exist. That God literally created us for relationship. We need our spouses. We need our friends. We need people who will join with us together in this life. If we were just doing it all off on your own, it's not going to have the value and the impact when you'll bring people in. And people can be hard, right? Who's, who can say people can be hard? People can be messy, people can be annoying, but people is where the value lies. If you're going to store up the treasure chest full of life, it's going to be by your interactions with people. It's going to be by those moments of connection with people. Don't live an isolated life. That isolated life is going to be a limited life in terms of your scope of impact and value. And you know what? You don't have to, to ever stand on a stage to make an impact. You don't ever have to be, have a TV show or write a book to make an impact. Just love the people that are in front of you. Build a relationship with the people that are in front of you, and that will have a divine, eternal impact. Each one person is worth the entire world. One soul was worth Christ sacrificing. And so build those relationships. We really are better together. So as we summarize, I want to read this last part here. A life fully engaged, surrendered, full of love, and relationship will lead to a full treasure chest of life when we reach the end. So as we begin this year, the best way to give a full life at the end 
is to live a full life from the beginning. You may have had a rough 2018. You may have made a lot of mistakes, a lot of bad decisions in 2018. There's no better time than the present to say, I'm going to begin now, present action, so I can have future success and a blessing and a life that is full and that is meaningful. Right now, as we're going to begin to close, I want you just to stand up. It's my great honor to invite some of you into the very first step of a full and meaningful life. What so many of us in this room um, have already made the decision to do, and all of us had to if we are going to have full life, is the decision to take a step towards Jesus Christ and ask him to come and enter our lives. You're like, you probably know maybe something about Christianity, something about this church thing that we're all doing here. The basic gist is this. We believe that God is real, that he sent his son, whose name is Jesus Christ, down to the earth as a baby. We just celebrated Christmas. That he then lived a perfect life. And then after 33 years of love, after 33 years of a full and meaningful life, he laid down his life as a sacrifice for us. Because we're broken people. We're sinful people. We do bad things. And that brought a separation from God. You can never have a full life. You can have a good life. You can have good moments, but you can never have a full life if you don't get this God thing reconciled. If you don't allow the gift, the greatest Christmas gift that Jesus Christ has given to all of us, offered to all of us, of forgiveness and washing of our wrong, if you don't allow that in, your life will be less than. But that's why we meet here every single Sunday and every single Wednesday is to give opportunities. If you maybe we're a Christian, but you haven't been following God and you want to take a step back towards him, or you say, I have, this is, I'm totally new to this, Chino, but you want to draw closer to God and you want to give him your life, then right now, I just ask you to raise your hand and what we're going to do is we're going to pray with you. And that's going to start the first step in that process. We're going to pray with you to accept Jesus into your heart and to, to, to bring him into your life. So if that's you and you, you've never, never made a, a commitment to Jesus Christ, raise your hand right now. If you have friends, feel free to, to ask them now. And actually, right now, first let's close our eyes. I think I forgot it's kind of how we do it now. I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to do that. I'll give you a little bit of privacy. God, I just pray for the, the whole uh, congregation. I pray, Lord, that you would help each of us to live a full and meaningful life. That you'd help each of us to draw closer to you in 2019 than we did in 2018. And with your eyes still closed, we want to pray with you if that's you. Raise your hand if you would like to accept Jesus Christ in your heart. Give it just a moment longer. Awesome. Father God, we give you this time. We pray, Father God, for every person. We pray even for every person watching on the live stream. Lord, if they've given their heart to you, that you would just accept them into your fold and your family. You would guide them on this journey of following after you. Help us each to follow after you and live a life that is full. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Awesome.